Bible has been around, read, adjusted, and interacted with for literally ages. Greg has read it so you don't have to, and now births into the world, Better Bible. Before we begin, as you will be listening to a retelling of Bible, please note that trigger warnings are in place for racism, xenophobia, violence, sexual assault, rape, child abuse, incest, animal cruelty, and more. Welcome to A Better Bible. Hello again. Third book time, which opens saying that many have wanted to write about what's been going on and all the prophecies that have been completed, like loads of people have wanted to, but don't worry, I've looked into this as well. Luke is writing to someone called Theopolis, so we are to understand that this whole book, really, just a long letter. Let us begin. In the time of Herod, there was a priest called Zachariah. Him and his wife were most excellent, but childless because fucking Elizabeth couldn't conceive. Zach was working and chose to go to the temple of God to like burn incense and shit like that. He does this. Angel rocks up. Zach, obviously, scared. Don't be afraid, says the uh, angel. Your prayers have been heard. Elizabeth will be prego in no time. And once she is, call the son. John, he won't be a drinker, but he will be dope as shit. Who could this mystery angel-ordained child be? Could it be John the Baptist? Oh, it is John the Baptist. It is definitely going to be him. He will be in the spirit of Elijah, and he's going to get everyone ready for the coming of the Lord. Zach says he's well old. How on earth does he know that this is going to work? The angel says, I am Gabriel, bitch, so a god sent me. And as punishment for asking a very simple and reasonable question, Zach can no longer speak. This means he has to do charades to let everyone know about a vision he has just this moment had. He returns home and his wife gets pregnant via the medium of banging. In the sixth month of her pregnancy, an angel comes to visit Mary, the Jesus mum virgin one, right? He tells her she's going to be pregnant and uh, God's going to make her pregnant and call the kid Jesus, right? Says all of that. He will be the son of the Most High. His kingdom will never end. How? Holy Spirit will come on you, Mary. Right, so Elizabeth, who is apparently Mary's relative, is pregnant. Mary goes to visit Zach and Liz. Mary stays there for three months and then goes home. John is born. Everyone is chatting about this, wondering what the child will be. It'll be John the Baptist, right? Zach talks about salvation from all who hate them. Oh yeah, by the way, he was able to speak again as soon as John was born. Got it? Sweet. John fucks off to live in the wilderness until he's ready to reveal himself. To Israel, not like that. I imagine, possibly, a bit like that. Meanwhile, right, Caesar Augustus, leader of this whole area, wants a census of the entire Roman world, so everyone goes to their own town to register. So Joseph, the one who is the husband of pregnant with not his child Mary, goes to Bethlehem to register. While they're in Bethlehem, Mary gives birth and places the newborn baby in a manger, as no guest room was available. Shepherds are knocking about, presumably on a nearby hill, shitting the town's folk up by pretending there's a wolf or something. Anyway, right, Angel scares the shepherds and then tells them, chill out, right, there's a messiah who's been born, so find it quick. The shepherds are like, cool, let's go see this. They find Mary, Joe, and baby Jesus. They see the kid and tell people what angels were saying. Baby, turns out, 
Jesus. M and J take Jesus to Jerusalem. Simeon was there, some guy. He knew he wouldn't die before seeing the Messiah. Simeon sees Jesus, takes him and says, Yay, I can now die. My eyes have seen God's salvation. Simeon says to Mary, This child, right, will cause the falling and rising of many in Israel. A sword will pierce your own soul. Very ominous. J and M return to Galilee. Jesus grows up all wide. Sorry. Hang on. Wise. Sorry, I couldn't read my own writing. Jesus doesn't walk onto the world stage being thick as fuck. If anything, we have a very svelte Jesus. Every year, they all go to Jerusalem for Passover. When Jesus was 12, he stayed behind in Jerusalem with his, when his parents left. He didn't tell them or anything, right? In fact, the story goes all lost in New York. Parents panicking, screaming, Kevin! And they find Jesus in the temple court, listening and asking questions. Mary says, Why were you such a dick, fucking off like that? You treated us like dickheads, we were worried sick. Why have you been searching? You knew I'd be in my father's house, says Jesus. Whilst Jesus is making an interesting point, still, dick move, and I should hope he got the smug smile wiped off his messianic face. Pontius Pilate is looking after this area. Yeah, I know, this is jumping around, but Luke has a lot to say. Anyway, John the Baptist is also starting his job. Why did we hear about Pontius Pilate? Did they just give us a heads up on Pontius Pilate because he'll be important a bit later on? I imagine so. Anyway, John the Baptist, yeah? Doing his job. JTB starts instructing everyone on how to not be a dick. They think he is the Messiah, and he says, Ah, uh, 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 not me, mate. I baptise with water. What does the Messiah baptise with? You remember. Fire. Herod was king and evil. He locked John in prison. Jesus was baptized by John, presumably before Herod locked him up, right? And then a dove rocked up and a voice came from the heaven saying he loved him. This was his son. It was pleased. Presumably that was God. When Jesus was 30, he started his mission. We get a little bit of genealogy showing Joseph as being related to King David. And it goes all the way back to Adam and a bit beyond. Because they're like, this person, like Seth or whatever, the son of Adam who was the son of God. Which seems like an important bit, but meh, I don't know. Okay now, Jesus is full to the brim of Holy Spirit and goes into the wilderness for 40 days. He's tempted by the devil, ate nothing for 40 days. Devil said, turn stone to bread. Jesus said, man shall not live on bread alone. Look, it's the same three temptations and the same three responses. Devil leaves, saying he will not return until an opportune time. Nice little cliffhanger, devil. Jesus returns and everyone has heard of him. By now, he is famous. He teaches and goes to Nazareth and he goes into a synagogue. He reads that the spirit of the Lord is on him. He's he's gonna set oppressed free and heal and do all of that stuff. He tells them the scripture is fulfilled today. Loads knocking about with leprosy. People were wanting to throw him off a cliff, right? Let's look at that a bit. Cause Jesus was gonna heal lepers, and he was talking a big game. Bit arrogant, admittedly. Maybe he needs to wind his fucking neck in a bit. But the response shouldn't be to automatically want to throw him off a cliff. Anyway, that is clearly what they wanted to do. Jesus' words have sort of a weird authority. A possessed man comes in and the demon that is possessing the man starts saying, I know you, Jesus. And Jesus says, please be quiet, and then kicks the demon out of the man. Jesus goes to go to the home of Simon, and he helps Simon's mum, who's poorly. Uh, once she's better, she immediately begins waiting on them. 
So essentially, Jesus heals Simon's mum so they didn't have to make their own sandwiches. Right, demons everywhere keep on saying, You're Jesus, aren't you? Aren't you that Messiah fella? Now Jesus is by a lake. People are listening to him. Presumably he's banging on about whatever. He gets in a boat, keeps speaking. He then tells Simon to put his net out to catch fish. Simon is all like, Oh my God, there's no fish here. What are you talking about? They obviously catch loads. And then Jesus says, Now you're fish for people. He, he leaves out the pun that was in the other book. Luke's Jesus is above such petty wordplay. Until later, when he tells a parable about people being just like corn and they should use their ears to listen. Like ears of corn shit jokes, this book has, hasn't it? Uh, where was I? Uh, where were we? Come on, come on, come on. That's it, right. They leave their boats and follow him. They see a fellow with leprosy. Jesus cleans him up. Leprosy leaves him. Jesus says, don't tell everyone. News spreads more and more and more because every time Jesus says, don't say a word, everyone says loads of words. Crowds are everywhere. Jesus often withdraws to lonely places. Pharisees think Jesus should wind his neck in. Jesus reads their thoughts and challenges them each time. Then Jesus sees Levi, who's a tax collector, and has him follow him, right? There's a big banquet full of tax collectors for Jesus. Pharisees are like, ugh, that's whack. Jesus says the sick need help, not the healthy, you fucking idiots. Pharisees say, why don't you follow us fast? Jesus says, shut up, I'll explain it with a parable. And then he explains it with a rubbish parable. Jesus and his disciples are picking grain. Pharisees are like, fuck dude, it's the Sabbath, why are you doing that? Jesus says David did it, remember? On another Sabbath, Jesus is in the temple, so he's a shriveled hand man. Jesus gives the Pharisees another Kafka trap and then heals the man. Pharisees start thinking like, what should we do about Jesus? And Jesus takes his disciples up a mountain and chooses 12 to be his apostles. They are Simon called Peter, Andrew, James, John, Philip, Bartholomew, Matthew, Thomas, James, son of Alphaeus, Simon, who is called the Zealot, Judas, son of James, and Judas Iscariot. Right, those are a different 12 names to names we've heard before, but just go with it, I guess. Loads of people are around to hear him and to be healed by him. They're all cured, and every time they touch him, Jesus does the Sermon on the Mount speech. All who are fucked are blessed as they will be called. Woe to the rich, love your enemies, turn the other cheek. Right, that turn the other cheek thing. I always thought that was like, you hit your slaves on one cheek. So if someone beats you, you turn the other cheek to go like, right, if you're going to come at me, come at me as an equal. But... I don't know, if anyone actually knows the answer to that, um, would you let me know? Fa thank you, thank you, but turn the other cheek. Do to others as you would have them do to you. Do not judge, do not condemn, forgive, forgive, forgive. Then he goes with a parable about blind people. Jesus and his fellows enter Capernaum, heals a centurion, the centurion is all kinds of humble, and Jesus, while impressed, Jesus rocks up to another town, sees a dead man and a sad mother, so he makes the dead man come back to life. JTB sends people to ask Jesus if he's the one, and he's like, tell John what you've seen and heard, I am dope as shit. Which is an irritatingly non-committal answer at the same time as being breathtakingly arrogant. Jesus talks about John the Baptist to the crowd. Of those born of women, no one is better than John. But of the God-born people, maybe there's a cooler fella. Not saying it's me, but probably me. Jesus goes to the, a Pharisee's house for tea and a mucky woman washes his feet. Pharisees are outraged. Jesus says, Simon, here's a parable to tell you to wind your fucking neck in, right? 
Jesus then travels around with the twelve and a few women, including Mary Magdalene, she had seven demons in her, the dirty lady, Joanna, who was the wife of the manager of Harold's household, and I can't help thinking there's a great story there if they would only share it, and Susanna, who's... Ah, Sue's in it. They are funding a lot of Jesus' job. Oh, I see. So him and his gang are keeping some rich women with them. So they've been able to manipulate them into bankrolling the whole hippie endeavour of knocking about the place. Defo dropping shitloads of acid and just being professional troublemakers for a living. Smart move, Jesus. Smart move. Jesus celebrates this by doing another parable. Jesus then explains the parable to his disciples and explains that parables are for people to learn without really realizing they're learning. Jesus' mother and brothers turn up and Jesus goes all uppity. They then head across a lake. Jesus falls asleep and there is danger. Jesus woken and sorts it, rebukes his disciples. Disciples like, who the fuck is this guy? They get across the sea, they see a demon man. Demon is yelling at Jesus about torturing him. Jesus asks his name, Legion. They, uh, Legion then begs Jesus not to order him into the abyss, but into pigs. Instead, Jesus says, yeah, whatever, gets Legion to get into some nearby pigs, who then run into a lake and drown. The demon-possessed man, who is no longer demon-possessed, is now cured, and everyone was scared and asked Jesus politely to leave. Jesus returns, and everyone he returns to is excited. A bleeding woman touches him and is cured. Jesus stops and is like, who the fuck just touched me? I felt some power leap out of me. The woman says, hey, it was me, sorry about that. Jesus says, daughter, your faith has healed you. A synagogue teacher tells Jesus their daughter is dead. Jesus fixes that. Jesus gives the 12 power and authority to heal the sick and cast out demons, then sets them out with nothing at all so they can do his job for him. They've got to rely on the kindness of strangers. Herod heard about this and was perplexed as some were saying that Jesus was actually John the Baptist and he's like, I killed that fool. Who's this guy? Then there's the feeding of the 5,000. Basically, loads of people turned up to listen to Jesus without thinking it through. They went out unprepared as they were idiots, and then Jesus had to clean up their mess. Jesus asks what the people think he is and who his disciples think he is. Peter says, you're God's Messiah, and Jesus says, yep, correct, keep that quiet. Some now living will not die before the coming of God. Then on a hill, they see Jesus shine and Moses and Elijah turn up. Then a cloud who is God tells them Jesus is his son, giving the whole secret up instantly. Then it all calms down. Oh. Oh Christ, now there's more healing going on. The disciples, the silly little sods, couldn't do the healing. Jesus tells them that the Son of Man will be delivered to the sons of men. Jesus goes all mind reader over and over. Jesus sends his disciples out again, eat and drink what you're given, heal the sick, tell them kingdom of God is near. Basically, repeats what we've just read, and we get a mention of Hades. That's nice, isn't it? Jesus says he saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven, which I think is pretty much where all those people get the battle in heaven and fall of Satan story from, well that and Milton, just do a lot of work with that throwaway sentence, don't they? Many prophets and kings wanted to see what the disciples see, but did not see it. Jesus says, love God and love neighbour as yourself the only real laws you can sack off the rest. Jesus explains what a neighbour is by the Good Samaritan parable. Whew, Jesus is praying, and when he's done, a disciple asks to be taught how to pray, so Jesus teaches them the Lord's Prayer. Jesus gets accused of getting rid of demons with power from Satan. Jesus is like, you fucking idiot, how stupid are you? This generation wants a sign, but they're not going to get it. Jesus goes to a Pharisee's for dinner. 
again and breaks more rules just to wind them up uh, about halfway through. Okay, we can do this. We're about halfway through this fucking book. There's a big old crowd that turns up again and Jesus warns his disciples about the Pharisees. He lets them know in no uncertain terms that they're a bunch of wrong'uns. Don't fear anyone but God. The hairs on your head are counted. You're worth hundreds of sparrows. All that stuff from the Sparkle Horse song, right? Someone asked for Jesus to tell his brother to split their inheritance with him. Jesus says life isn't about possessions, idiot. And tells another parable. Someone uh, is told to just chill the fuck out, sell their possessions, be ready for service. Jesus was told about Galileans whose bloods were mixed with some other blood and he talks about groups who are no more sinner than the people who follow him. Right, not really sure I followed that bit at all, but let's pretend it was metaphor. Speaking of metaphors, we get a parable about figs. Jesus teaches again and a crippled woman is knocking about. Jesus says, woman, you're set free, which is Anyway, right, this is the story again, like the shriveled hand man doing the whole priests, getting angry with him for working on the Sabbath, mustard seed chat, and the women are yeast or something. Jesus has directly asked how many people will be saved, and Jesus refuses to directly answer the question of how many people will be saved. But he does warn people to just try to be saved. Some Pharisees let Jesus know Herod wants to kill him, so he should bail. Jesus has been watching the temple, and he asks asks the Pharisees if it's okay to heal on the Sabbath, they say nothing, so Jesus heals a guy. He then tells them another parable, help the needy, uh, then more parables. Jesus says if anyone comes to him and doesn't hate his wife, his parents, his siblings, that person cannot possibly be his disciples. You have to hate your life before you can join Jesus. Then job load more parables. Uh, Old Testament had genealogy through and through. This one, parables. Jesus says there will be some problems, just be careful if someone sins against you, rebuke them, but as soon as they apologise you must forgive them. Then Jesus meets ten lepers, heals them. Jesus warns his disciple against potential false prophets, not giving any reason how to tell a false prophet, saying that he will be rejected and he will suffer, be careful, you won't know when the kingdom comes, and then he mentions something that could be the rapture again. More parables, Jesus talks about little children being able to enter heaven and then does some bullshit about what is good. Jesus says get rid of all your stuff and the eye of a needle thing. Jesus meets yet another tax collector. He is so horny for tax collectors, right? This one's called Zacchaeus and Jesus says he will stay at the tax collector's house. Everyone's angry but he gives half his money to the poor. More parables, it's a brutal parable this one about those with nothing having everything taken away from them because that's the right thing and enemies being killed. Then the disciples untie a cult that they have stolen. Jesus rides it and enters Jerusalem, not like that. House of robbers at the temple. Priests want to kill him but scared of his followers. We're rushing through, I know, but hey, we're rushing together. And that's fun, isn't it? Jesus refuses to tell priests by what authority is doing stuff because I think he just enjoys misbehaving more than anything else in this whole wide world. Then, a parable, but a parable against the high priests. Spies were sent to Jesus and tried to trick him with the tax-paying question, give to Caesar what is his and to God what is his. A priest asked the question about the wife with loads of dead husbands, whose wife will she be? Jesus says, get fucked, it's all different in resurrection. Jesus now tells the story of the widow's my. Jesus points out that the temple will be destroyed and warns disciples not to follow false prophets. Again, like he warns them, again he doesn't tell them off for previously following falsies. Although, with the speed that they dropped everything to follow this madman, I wouldn't be surprised if this is not their first rodeo and they've been with loads of messiahs previously. 
Anyway, back to the doom and gloom. Nation will rise against nation, diseases fucking everywhere, and you lot will be persecuted like bastards. But don't worry, stick with me and it'll be cool, even though you'll be hated and punished and betrayed and murdered. Loads of end time prophecy and summing it up with another parable about fig trees. This generation will not pass away before all of this happens. Right, final push because Passover is approaching. Teachers of the law are looking for a way to get Jesus. Satan enters Judas, ooh, and he goes talk to the priests about betraying Jesus. They agree to pay him, Passover, Jesus is getting people to set up a meal, they ask how to set it up, and he tells them to follow a random man with water who will take them to a guest room where they will eat. Last Supper happens, body blood thing happens, and Jesus is saying he's staying off the booze until heaven comes. The betrayer is here, and woe to him. They question who it will be, and who is greatest? Peter will deny Jesus three times tells them to get themselves swords. If they find a sword and Jesus says, yep, one's enough, Jesus goes to the Mount of Olives and tells them not to fall into temptation. Jesus then prays and asks God to take this cup from him. An angel turns up, says no, and Jesus sweats blood like a coward might. Judas turns up to kiss him and Jesus is like, with a kiss, and I think runs around calling Judas a big girl's blouse or something. The dancing disturbs the sleepy disciples, they wake up and fight, Jesus fixes an ear of a soldier that gets chopped off with that one sword he managed to make sure his disciples definitely had, and then they take him to the house of the high priest. Servants question Peter, he denies Jesus three times, the little bitch, rooster crowed, and Jesus looks at Peter. Typical Peter. Jesus is mocked and beaten. Is he the son of God? You say that. Antagonistic prick. Jesus is taken to Pilate and accused of subverting the people and being the king of the Jews. Jesus is again unhelpful. Pilate says, nah, it's all good. But priests insist. Pilate asks if he is a Galilean, then sends him to Herod. Herod sees Jesus, was quite pleased because he's been wanting to meet him. He wants to see Jesus do some tricks. Jesus refuses. Herod mocks him, dresses him in a robe, and sends him back to Pilate. Pilate and Herod become best buddies after this, which is a plus, isn't it? Pilate again is saying, look, there's no crime here, so I'll beat him and release him. Crowd yells for Barabbas to be released, which enters the story out of fucking nowhere. In fact, if we hadn't just read about Barabbas in the earlier book, which irritatingly I think was written later, how on earth would we know what this shit about Barabbas is? The crowd called to crucify him. Why? asked Pilate. Don't know, just don't like him. I guess is what the crowd say. The crowd insists and prevail. Pilate grants their demand, releases Barabbas and surrenders Jesus to their will. The soldiers take him away and Simon of Cyrene uh, carries the cross for a bit. Women mourn and Jesus says, don't cry for me, cry for yourself and your fucking children. Which I'll be honest, sounds more like a threat than anything else. Two criminals being crucified at the same time on the place they call the skull and ask God to forgive everyone. There is sneering at him, let him save himself. There's a notice pinned above him saying he's the king of the Jews. One of the criminals told Jesus to free free them. The other criminal's like, chill out man, he's innocent. Remember me, kingdom of heaven? Jesus says, yep, no problem mate. Darkness fell on the land until about 3pm. Uh, into your hands I commit my spirit. Jesus dies. A man called Joseph, who didn't like this, asks for Jesus' body and takes it to a tomb. Some, body, some women look at it and rest on the Sabbath. On the first day of the week after the Sabbath, the women go to the tomb. The stone is already rolled away and the room is empty. Two men in gleaning clothes, probably angels, turn up and the women are scared. The men say, look, why are you looking for the living amongst the dead? And they're like, well, he was dead. And they're like, yeah, but he said he was going to be living. And they're like, yeah, but we're still putting him here. We're looking in the last place. What? When you lose anything, you're told to look in the last place. You saw it. But anyway, he's, he's risen. Remember, he told him he was going to rise. And then these women go 
go and tell the eleven disciples about this. Didn't weren't there twelve? Oh, Judas, right? Not Judas Iscariot. Na nasty Judas, right? Not there, is he? That scans eleven disciples, right? They didn't believe the women because they're, they're women. Peter had a look, saw the linen on the floor, and then two people go to Emmaus chatting about it all and Jesus turns up and walks with them but in disguise and they tell the stranger about Jesus and how he's been dead they hoped he was going to redeem Israel the women have told us that they saw angels and he's not there Jesus says come on look it you know what to expect don't be a silly sausage Jesus wanders off but they told him to stay with them he ate bread and they recognized him and he disappeared they go to Jerusalem and said look it is true the women were not lying and as men were telling them Jesus had risen they they believed them. Then Jesus turns up and says, Ta-da! Were you frightened? Right? He shows his feet and all of that. Go, look at these holes, mate. They feed him. Jesus is all like, I told you all about this. I suffered and rose like it was written. They stay in the, now stay in the city till you get your heaven power. Then he, Jesus goes off to heaven and they worship him and stay in the temple praising God, presumably waiting for their magic powers. That felt like a long one, didn't it? Well, it's over with now. Let's let's hope the fourth and final one next episode is a bit shorter. See you later, kids. Bye-bye. Congratulations on listening to this episode of Better Bible. Start a club and share your favorite moments. Tell your loved ones we're here, and we will save you. Greg Bless. That's really stupid. Stupid. <laughs>